Welcome to the Inside Startup Investing Podcast, powered by King's Crowd. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lestrino. From discussions with founders and VCs to industry experts and special guests, we want to provide you with the inside scoop on all things startup investing. Whether you're investing $50 a deal or $500,000 a deal, we have the stories you need to hear before clicking invest. From the metaverse to spaceflight and beyond, join us as we explore the world of startup investing for all. And now, on to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the King's Crowd Startup Investor Podcast. I am excited to be joined today by Jesse Stein, co-founder and managing director of Every Realm. Prior to co-founding Every Realm, Jesse spent several years in the real estate industry, including time as co-founder and chief operating officer of Compound, a real estate equity share platform that was acquired by Republic in 2020. I'm excited to dive more into what the metaverse is all about and how Every Realm plans to make investing in the metaverse a profitable endeavor. So with that, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us here today. Hey, Chris. Great to be here. Thank you. Excellent. So Jesse, before we get into it, I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and what your interest has been in real estate really throughout your entire career thus far. Sure. Um, so I started my career as an equities trader for about five years and decided I wanted to get into real estate. Uh, went back to school and got a master's through NYU in real estate. And during my time there, I started working in real estate investment banking. In 2012, um, I started my first company called ETRE Financial, uh, which stood for Exchange Traded Real Estate. And my goal there was to really merge the two worlds of trading and real estate. Um, and at ETRE, I built a trading platform specifically designed for real estate securities. I uh, partnered with NASDAQ on a series of REIT indexes, but the core of the business was taking large commercial real estate assets public and listing them on NASDAQ. Um, So this was pre-Jobs Act, but we were in effect doing crowdfunding on individual buildings through registered offerings. Uh, In 2017, I had left Etre and was in the process of creating a New York City-specific REIT uh, and met Janine Yorio, who was operating a real estate technology company. We decided to partner up, rename the company Compound, uh, and we then spent a couple of years building Compound Asset Management, where we built a mobile app um, that was used to syndicate equity and in individual real estate properties. One of the offerings um, that we did was in partnership with Republic, so we got to know the team over there. Uh, It was a pleasure working with them. It ultimately led to us being acquired by Republic in the spring of 2020. Um, And we brought most of the team from Compound on and ran the real estate group there for the next 18 months or so. And during that time, uh, we created uh, a virtual real estate fund, uh, which ultimately became Every Realm. And uh, recently, we spun out of Republic, uh, and Every Realm is not operating in, as an independent company. Terrific. So before we get into what Every Realm is all about, I want to take one step back since it is such a new industry. For those that don't know, can you define in your words what the metaverse actually is? And then from there, what Every Realm does within this new world? Oh, man, the hardest question first. Uh, it, it's <laughs> It's interesting because there are different definitions of what the metaverse is, and it's not, you know, really defined at this point. You know, the 
the version that Facebook is building is different than the version that the crypto industry is building. Some people call Fortnite a metaverse. And these are all very different platforms. So what, what is linking them together um, and, and kind of unifying the metaverse? And I think the, the attributes which are important in defining the metaverse are really based on interaction. Um, and a metaverse, it can be a Web2 company meeting, a traditional you know, video game or website. It could be Web3. Uh, we can get more into that later, and that's more crypto and decentralized focus. But it's really a more interactive space-based web platform where you can go in, you can interact with different people. Um, there's usually an economic component to it in a metaverse, uh, you can participate in the economics of that metaverse. Um, but for us, even though there are different types of metaverses, a lot of what we're focused on are platforms that provide both social interaction, but also the ability to build something creatively, um, where many metaverses are platforms um, that do allow you as a user to build something using your own creativity tools that they provide so that it is more of a open space that is user generated as opposed to say a traditional video game where it says, okay, here's the world that you're going to participate in and it is what it is. Understood. So in terms of then every realm's role within this new world, how do you think about that? So I'll, I'll, I'll jump back a second and let you know how, how this all began. Um, so as I mentioned, we were running the real estate group at Republic, uh, and Republic being very heavily involved in the startup ecosystem and crypto, we found ourselves selling real estate offerings where we were competing for eyes and economic returns with much more interesting and exciting offerings. And we would get comments such as, why would I invest in real estate if I can only make 12% a year when I can make 12% in a day trading crypto? So even though we were bringing on to the platform interesting and unique offerings, we wanted to grow on that and, and bring something to market under the real estate umbrella that was even more exciting. So we came up with the idea to do a virtual real estate fund. And this was before you started reading about the metaverse in magazines and papers and websites. It was before anybody had started talking about NFTs or virtual real estate. And we launched the fund in early 2021. And all of a sudden it started attracting a lot of capital. And we said, okay, we're onto something here. There is interest here. And our timing was perfect because all of a sudden people started talking about the metaverse and virtual real estate. And being an early participant in the industry, we got a lot of press and credibility because of that. Over time, as we raised more capital into this vehicle and started investing and those assets went up in value, we realized that we could evolve this business and expand into different types of related businesses. So every realm today, consists of a number of different business lines, the virtual real estate fund, which is one of them, 
We also have an NFT fund. We're in the process of setting up a venture style token and gaming fund. We develop our own metaverse assets, whether it's buildings, games, we do NFT drops. Um, on our own behalf, we have a educational arm called Every Realm Academy. So it's really everything that has to do with the metaverse and the metaverse industry. We are trying to develop different assets within the industry that are all kind of linked together to provide both investment products, but also products that can be offered and sold within the metaverse. So, you know, one of the things I found really interesting as I was kind of looking into it is you've invested in or helped build 25 metaverses to date. Um, some of the names that I saw were like Treeverse, Somnium Space, Mirandus. Tell us about these places. What do people need to know? Well, like I said earlier, there's a lot of different types of metaverses. So some, some of the investments that we've made have been into metaverses that are more video game-like. Um, and they operate in what's called play to earn, meaning that in playing the video game, there's an economy within it. And by playing, you can earn revenue. Um, the land associated with these metaverses often have value um, in driving yield. Uh, there are other metaverses such as Decentraland and Sandbox and Somnium Space and CryptoVoxels where they're providing you with raw land and the infrastructure to allow you to build whatever you can imagine. And that's what those are the type of platforms that initially attracted us to the metaverse because using our real estate expertise and experience, a lot of the virtual land economy, we believe will mimic real world real estate, where by owning land, you can either A, operate a business, B, lease it to an operator, or C, develop, develop it and sell it. And to date, a lot of the land in the metaverse has really been um, speculative. Uh, the, the percentage of land that has been developed that is generating revenue is relatively small, but we're seeing every day new participants coming into the market, new corporations, um, big players. And we do believe there is a way to monetize operations in the metaverse where land at the end of the day is the residual value of whatever income you can derive using that land. Other types of metaverses are more industry specific. So we've invested in metaverse that is music based, art-based, um, and others. So, you know, there, there isn't one metaverse. There are many metaverse platforms, and a lot of them are trying to establish themselves as niche platforms for a specific use case or for a specific user experience. It's really interesting. Um, and I, I, it makes total sense to me that they're creating these unique experiences because you need to drive engagement one way or another. You know, from what you've seen to date, are people spending a ton of time in the metaverse? Is not enough built out yet? What does it take to make kind of living and playing in the metaverse something that's, that's mainstream and used by millions of people on a, a daily basis in a pretty significant way? 
today it's still very early and the the number of users in any of these platforms is really not enough to generate an ongoing economy um, other than in, in some metaverses that have existed even before this recent wave like a second life or an imview those are two platforms that have been around for years that do have users in the millions but they're not in this crypto based web3 type metaverse system um, but these other platforms the central alliance the sandboxes some of the others that you've mentioned it's almost the chicken or the egg problem where you need users in order to justify developments right and, and you also need certain developments in order to drive users and what we've seen is that to date the majority of users come for a specific event whether it's a concert or a sale um, or a marketing campaign that, that a brand puts on and the number of users in those instances are sometimes significant um, but what you're not seeing is, is organic traffic just based on hey you know i have some time to kill let me go check out the metaverse and, and see what's going on as more of the land and more of the metaverse gets developed you will start to see more of that but at the end of the day the value of these lands the value of these metaverses are going to be directly linked to the number of users that they have and the number of uh, and and how much those users are spending on various things within within the platforms makes a lot of sense uh one other kind of you know forward question but I, i'd love to understand your thoughts on it so you know in the event that we go through a recession or a general market downturn over the next few years and at any point that that occurs you know, my, my thinking is that the first real estate to go is your digital real estate where you can't even live. How do you think about how it'll it'll take kind of market shocks over time? It's a very volatile asset class, um, you know, similar to most assets within the crypto ecosystem. Um, prices can move plus or minus 50 percent in, in, in a given month. Um, the land assets and, and some of the other assets that that we've invested in aren't necessarily completely liquid. Um, so you see even more volatility in the tokens, uh, which generally you know, have a lot more liquidity to them. And like any asset class during a downturn, when people are, are looking to take risk off or to raise capital um, or to convert to, to cash, uh, it's the liquid assets that are usually sold first, you know, followed by the assets that you don't necessarily need to hold long term. So it's it's all part of the um, kind of fact that that this is an early stage industry, and that volatility uh, you have to be able to live with it as an investor, both on the upside and the downside. Yeah, no, I, I mean, if you're playing in the in kind of this crypto blockchain digital world. I, I think that just comes with the territory. Um, would love to hear from you some of the things that you're most excited about in the metaverse in terms of developments you've seen over the last, you know, call it three or six months. I, I think it's, it's what, what excites me is seeing different types of companies that want to get involved. And we get a number of calls each day um, from 
large corporations saying, hey, I want to do something in the metaverse. They're not sure exactly what, uh, but they know they want to do something. They have a long-term vision that it is going to be an important, important component of engaging with their customers and attracting new customers. Um, so it's a, it's a combination of what I'm most excited about is kind of looking ahead to the future where these metaverses that aren't completely developed today or, or not even close to being developed will ultimately include developments from these large corporations, but different than what they're doing in the real world. Where what we try and stay away from is is mimicking a real world property in the metaverse. We don't we don't necessarily want to see the digital twin of a retail store or an entertainment uh, venue. They can provide a lot of the same services, but when you don't have to deal with the laws of physics, you can make it a whole lot cooler than it is in the real world. And what excites me is that these brands are going to be attract, uh, going to be driving interest and users into these platforms outside of kind of the early adopter crypto investors that are there today. And it's going to become a, more of a mainstream um, entertainment channel than, than it is today, similar to the internet and cable, et cetera. Yeah, and I, I think we're certainly seeing that demand to your point. Um, can you talk a little bit about the, the testing the waters that occurred on Republic um, and dive into how people can potentially get involved? Sure. So uh, we launched a testing the waters campaign for a reggae offering for Realm Metaverse Real Estate um, on Republic. We have $75 million plus reserve from close to 16,000 investors. Um, you can still join the wait list on that site. We have been going back and forth with the SEC for a number of months. Um, as you can imagine, because this is related to crypto in some way, they're taking a very hard look at it. They're asking a lot of questions. Um, so we are being patient with their process. Uh, but um, once we do receive qualification from them, we expect to um, convert these reservations to investments at that time. And, and just to be clear, when you make an investment in that, is that essentially getting um, an investment in a diversified portfolio of metaverse properties? It's our metaverse real estate investment um, vehicle. So as of today, we are invested in 27 different metaverses through that vehicle. And, you know, that that's, that's exactly what we're offering, um, is that curated diversification of metaverse real estate. I would say the two um, competitive advantages we have over just someone going online and, and purchasing metaverse real estate is, is one, we're getting into these platforms very early. So more than half of those metaverses that we've invested in, they haven't even launched yet. And we were able to participate in an in, in investment there um, at a very early stage. And we continue to see 
new platforms that are being developed um, and the initial kind of seed offerings for those platforms. And then two, we have the advantage of being able to buy in economies of scale where at the high end from a pricing perspective, and I'm talking about size, not say cost per parcel, there are very few players. And because of that, we can often get a discount to um, say on a per parcel price or to comps, comparable sales prices uh, for larger purchases. And th that's really where this company is looking to play, getting in early and doing large transactions. And that's what we've done to date. Yeah, and, and I think it's so cool because at the end of the day, people always want to understand, well, you know, does it make sense for me to be getting into the metaverse and what have you? And, you know, part of, of understanding the market is just seeing where there's demand. And the fact that, you know, I think it was a matter of hours or maybe some days that uh, you guys were able to, you know, kind of reserve over $75 million in interest in investing in this space. I think it tells you uh, everything you need to know about the excitement around this new market. Um, it, it's it's kind of fascinating. It, it hardly even existed, right? Even just a year ago. So it, it is definitely early, but it certainly seems as though there is an incredible amount of pent up demand to be a part of something like this. I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, on top of that, we are looking to make this um, an investment that, that is available to a large group of people, right? Because, um, and, and that's one of the reasons why we're trying to use Reg A, um, you know, the capital that we raised previously was off Reg D. It was a very high investment minimum. But um, other than going in and, and, say, buying tokens or buying, you know, a small amount of land, uh, you know, we do want a broader group of investors to be able to participate in an offering like this. It's exciting for us um, to be able to to open that up. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this uh, through Republic. So that's one other thing I want to uh, hop on, which I, I think is terrific. You know, a lot of people have started to talk about this idea that NFTs and what have you are basically just trying to skirt securities law. Um, but Republic has always gone the way of, of finding ways to work with the regulator regulators uh, to do this in a way that's compliant and makes sense. So can you talk a little bit about how you're kind of making this all work and working within the reggae framework? Yeah, look, within this industry, we operate at a bit of a disadvantage by trying to be compliant and do compliant securities offerings. Um, you know, many other players in the industry will just throw up a token and say, hey, anybody can buy my token, right? It doesn't matter that um, I'm an investment company. It doesn't matter that, uh, you know, I have more than 99 investors. A lot of the industry just completely ignores securities laws. And, you know, when we were a republic and, and still today, we tried to do everything as compliant as possible. We don't know if the SEC ultimately cracks down on some of the actions from the participants that are ignoring these laws. Um, but, you know, we want to be comfortable that if they do, we're not in a position where we did anything wrong. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Last question for you here. As you think, you know, two to three years down the road, 
what does success look like for every realm? What does success look like for the metaverse? I, I think they're they're somewhat linked. Uh, the 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 metaverse is is growing growing and expanding every day. Uh, the definition of the metaverse, I think, is is becoming more acute by the day. Uh, I think that will will continue to happen. So, so for us, it's it's growing with the industry. It's leveraging some of the first mover advantages that we've that we've had, some of the credibility that we've had um, in, in growing out the business on the real estate side. I think as the user base of these various metaverses continues to increase, you're going to see more revenue generating opportunities, which will ultimately result in. Uh, more consistent, but um, more consistent land values that are actually based on, um, say, income multiples as opposed to just speculation. Um, and then you have other aspects of the metaverse, like play to earn gaming, that are going to continue to grow and could potentially revolutionize the entire gaming industry. Um, fashion is also made, making a huge push into the metaverse. Music. So I think it's going to be a lot bigger than it is in a couple of years than it is today. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more players um, as far as kind of larger institutions or, or bigger brands that you know haven't been able to um, enter the space yet. But I think what's most interesting, and you know, you you saw this at the beginning of the internet, there are these companies that no one ever heard of that will ultimately be the leaders in the space. So in any of these instances, you might have companies that have just started that are leading fashion designers or, or music venues or video game companies um, that are now leaders in the space that didn't even exist a year ago. And what I would also just add here is, you know, uh, certainly none of us have a crystal ball, but, you know, for those who felt like, man, if only I gotten in earlier on crypto and, you know, those types of things many, many years ago, this is kind of the beginning, the fruition of a, of a brand new market, a brand new space within this whole new world of digital securities. So um, it seems like an, an interesting entry point uh, for investors who are, you know, considering how do they, they find those potential types of return. Um, and also just get to be a part of something new. Uh, so love what you guys are doing at, at every realm. I think it's really, really interesting. Um, Jesse, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Great. Thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Take care now. You too. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Inside Startup Investing. Before you go, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a like or a positive review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to like and share our latest episodes. And if you like what you heard and want to learn more about how we can help you manage your startup investing search, diligence, and management at Kingscrowd, check us out at kingscrowd.com. Thanks, and until next time, happy investing.